0: got to the front, from Graff and the Autumn Sun motoring, Zussane in front, the Autumn Sun levelling up, late they hit it, the Autumn Sun, he's come from last, what a superstar. Ben Bevel's with her, Wicks freaks Ben Bevel, Wicks is saving off Ben Bevel, covers the hour. covers
1: the legend, Rindus. Wicks has done it, it's, it's one utopia. Yes, welcome back to another big season of The Whip. We've picked the perfect time to start the podcast, Tobe. It's been an enormous week in horse racing, a sad week in many respects, but uh, a really good week to start the podcast, isn't it?
0: Oh, definitely. It's uh, probably been one of the biggest news stories of, of recent times, to be honest, if not in history, um, in terms of the, the size of the, um, I guess, the scandal and the ban that's been handed to Darren. But um, look, yeah. It's good to be back over the summer. we have had a little bit of a break.
1: It is. There's plenty to get through on today's show. Obviously, uh, the Darren Weir fallout
0: is going to dominate discussion
1: early in the piece. Kieran Maher's going to take over the stables there at Forest Lodge. Racing, how does it recover? Uh, the perception issue it now has. We're going to talk a little bit of All-Star Mile as well. Uh, how is that going to work in a month's time? Winks, she kicks off her campaign next week as well. Uh, before we hit the form at Caulfield for what's going to be a massive CFO Stakes Day. Uh, and of course, the blue diamond preludes as well. Uh, what did you get up to over the last couple of months, Tobe?
0: Oh, I've had a little bit of a bit of a break actually away from racing. I say I, I haven't um, been too into it over the summertime, but um, look, I've I've started to get into it now. And now the fields have, are rearing up, what, what, and
1: what do you mean you haven't been too into it? You texted me last night saying. You're gonna pick the lights out this weekend and you're not yeah. gonna miss one. Oh, look, and you haven't missed it. <laughs> How are you supposed to tell the the no, listeners mate. that
0: Oh look I I've been watching, I've been watching, I've been keeping notice, but um look over over the summer I don't probably punt as punters as much as I do during the spring and the autumn and um but yeah look the good fields are back and it, it's uh definitely winding up to be a very good autumn. It is certainly a lot easier to punt
1: when there's better horses going around which is the case this weekend and we'll get stuck right into that uh very soon but first of all Darren Weir um it was an unfortunate event that's occurred over the past week or so now uh playing out last week when he was raided what was your initial reaction when you heard the news that the Weir stables
0: had been raided uh, and that the federal police had gone in there? Uh well when, look obviously when the federal police are involved you think something serious is, has gone wrong and it and it did. Um look it was a tragedy for racing. Um the biggest stable I think in Australia going down for um you know something that we don't like to see and, and pretty much uh he got blasted all over the tabloids. I, I was reading the paper um and he was on from from the front page to page seven. We'll so, talk about what actually has happened. Uh, in a minute, but
1: I just want to get your thoughts. Do you think it was blown out of proportion by the media initially? And was was it warranted, uh, you know, the, the coverage that it got early on especially?
0: Um, look, these things are always going to, I guess, bring large amounts of media to um, to these sort of stories. So, look, it, it probably was blown up just because of the sheer size of of the uh, scandal, I think. But it's
1: one of those things, I think, looking back on in reflection... Uh, the enormity of it at the time seemed so large, but I, I look back now, and yes, he got a four-year ban from Racing Victoria, but he, he wasn't—he hasn't been charged anyway. Yep. by the police. Yep. whether that occurs still down the track, we've certainly been given the indication that those charges are still pending, and and he could very likely face criminal charges, uh, which would be awful because this saga doesn't need to drag out any longer. I think it's been—it's yep. been dealt with really well since it's all happened by racing victoria been dealt with smoothly smoothly by the weir camp and yep. by everyone involved in the Ballarat turf club if it drags out any more and more news breaks it's it's just going to be really detrimental to the health of racing
0: yeah exactly right i think you now it's uh, done and dusted we need to get over it move on um and you know um i think we just need to market racing now as as the sport it is and put it back into a positive attitude towards the public.
1: Yeah, well, look, we're certainly not the sort of people that are are well-informed or educated enough to sit here and tell you what a jigger does or uh, the impact that it has on an animal. So we're not going to get into that. I mean, that's for other people to decide uh, whether they think that is, um, you know, not not on. But that's just not for us. We're going to ignore that. Clearly, he shouldn't have had it on his property. Uh, It's against the rules of racing, and and he's broken them. The only thing I would say is and it's this question that keeps going around in my head over and over, is if any other trainer had been raided on that day, out of the 900 Victorian trainers, I wonder how many would have been found to have that on their mm. property. Yeah. I, I'd be staggered if Darren Weir was the only trainer. Absolutely no, I, staggered. No, I
0: agree. I totally agree. Look, um,
1: and, look, it's probably... Who would know, but... And I'm not saying it's right. I just... it's It's almost so unfortunate that one person has to fall you know, for the sake of the whole sport and yep. it has to be the biggest person. It's, yep. it's probably why they went in there and I, got him because he's
0: the, he's the big fish. 100%. Um, I, I think the reason why they went for him is to go straight to the top and set an example for the whole industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I think the integrity department done a great job and, and sort of set an example for all the other trainers to follow. You know, no one's uh, invincible.
1: That's right. And like we mentioned, Kieran Maher, Dave Eustace are going to take over the stables there at Forest Lodge. Great news because... Uh, yeah, fantastic. The staff there at Ballarat were facing a real period of uncertainty there, yep. whether they even had a job. Uh, and the fact that they do now is a real credit to Kira Marner, to credit to Darren Weir and the Ballarat Turf Club, that they've been able to work that out. Uh, and hopefully moving forward, Forest Lodge can continue to be a successful training base.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it was a credit to both parties on such a smooth transaction. Um, I think, Darren, I think Forest Lodge employs over 100 people. So I think, yeah. look, there's a lot of people there that could have been out of a job. And and for that to um, transition so smoothly, was, yeah, it's great to hear. Uh, but look, I, I think Myron and Eustace is probably a great um, addition to that stable. Uh, I think they fit that sort of criteria perfectly, that profile perfectly. They're they young, they're developing their business, they want to expand. So look, good on them and I, I think they can do a great job.
1: They're the boom stable at the moment uh, yep. in Australia, aren't they? They've grown rapidly. I mean, he's only got one group one previously to, to this whole happening. He only had the one group one in his stable in Yeah. Uh, so now he's got a handful with uh, a lot of weir horses being transferred across. So. Kieran has got a lot on his plate now but he's certainly someone of high integrity and uh, someone who's highly regarded within the industry so yep. uh, fingers crossed he can pull is, through.
0: Is, is he going to take over or is he going to be the next, you know, say we say, juggernaut of, of horse training? You know, Darren Weir was the it was the juggernaut of horse racing trainer, oh, I guess. God. You know, he's the massive...
1: By virtue, he now is. I mean, yeah, he's, he's taken over such yeah, a big training it'll be training interesting pricing, to see. So interesting to see. When you've got that many good horses now on your books, it's, it's hard not to be. I think him and yeah, Waller now are leading the charge forward for racing in this country. Yep. And fingers crossed that they can do a good job of it. Just finally, before we wrap the Weir stuff up, can Darren Weir ever come back from this? He's got a four-year ban. Let's say he doesn't get any more charges... Can he come back from this and, and one day seek redemption?
0: Of course he can. I think like he's only in his forties. I think he's still quite young. So four year band, um he's got the worth it, work ethic definitely. So I'll give him that. If he wants to come back and train, I'm sure there's going to be owners and and the like that are going to send horses to him straight away. Must so.
1: be difficult for someone who's just horse racing was their life. Yeah, right? and exactly. It's been taken. It'll away be interesting from to them. see what he does now. I'm someone who loves. Drama and romance in sport, and I love the story. I think it would be fantastic if Darren Weir was able to do that, if he was able to will himself to come back and motivate himself to come back and have another crack at it. Yep. I almost think for his own legacy in the sport, I'm sure he, he, will. he almost needs to. But yep. Yeah, that would be, that'd be a wonderful way for him to come back. Uh, we'll move on. Let's talk a little bit of racing now. The All-Star Mile comes around in a month's time. It's been the big talking point over the summer mm. from a Victorian racing perspective. It's Victorian racing's answer to the
0: Everest – I don't know if it's gone exactly to plan uh, with the voting. Oh, yeah, no, I'm getting that feeling as well. It's uh, it's not really a race that's sort of shaping up to be as high a spectacle, I think, as what the Everest has been, my, which is sort of disappointing. My
1: idea of a feature race involves a packed field of feature horses. Yeah. If you look at the leaderboard, I've got it in front of me now, Urban Ruler. My goodness, that thing is going to start at about 200 to 1. Yeah. Uh, it's leading the charge. It's guaranteed a spot. The Autumn Sun second, and that'd be fantastic if the Autumn Sun actually runs in the pick. race. Yep. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see it, even though he hasn't trialed that well uh, in the past couple of weeks. Grant, superstar over the mile. I think he he'd nearly start favourite on the day. Then we've got Mossendale, man of his word, Mr. Moneybags, Belf's Choice, the South Australian stormed into the top 10 uh, and climbing. Amphitrite is a good runner, uh, hopefully comes back in good form. Extra Brute, another one, and then Material Man, the, the Western Australian. So a real mixed bag, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I get what the VRC are trying to do in, in sort of incorporate owners. I'll give every single owner a chance at a, I guess, uh, at a, a position to put their horse in a group or a feature race worth a lot of money, but... Yeah, like you say, at the end of the day, if you're going to get people through the gate, you're going to want to see the best horses racing against the best. And it gets numbers to the races, and it gets people watching, and it gets turnover up. So, look, for me, I don't think this is the right way to do it. It's
1: going to be a wacky tote,
0: that one as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: And it would be interesting to see if um, people actually go and watch the race, if they get a number of people... To the uh, to the track, it seems like a, it's going to a, feel awkward. A, I think a five million dollar exhibition race is what it, mm. I'm sort of yeah, I agree. Getting the feeling it's going to be anyway. I, I hope it turns out to be a success because it has the potential to. And at the time it was announced, I was really bullish about it. I'm not as much uh, at the moment. I'd, I just want to see better horses, especially if you get the four wildcards uh, to be Group One quality horses. What are, it what does it mean for these horses that clearly are going to not, have no chance? Uh, they're just making up the numbers i know that it's exciting to have a horse in the race but it just takes a little bit of the shine off it
0: i think maybe they should turn the tables and and have the best horses who nominate get get a start and then maybe have three wild cards and from those three wild cards then we can the people can have a vote yeah i don't know. And, and, and it might be um you know say we get a uh, urban ruler in in one of those three wild cards so we just have a little bit more of a high standard in the race i think that's probably a better idea
1: one horse who won't be racing uh, in the all star mile but we'd love it if she was is the Wonder Mare Winks? She's back next week in the Apollo. She trialed sensationally. Oh, as good uh, as ever. <laughs> you can't a, fold her, a, can you? The, just... the end is nigh for Winks, but let's. It's going to be fascinating to see if she can uh, win four more on the trot this uh, this autumn.
0: Yeah, let's hope she does. Look, her trial the other day was just as good as she's ever trialed. Um, she looks like she's come back as good as ever. It's the same thing every prep. She's the ultimate professional and athlete. It's amazing. Right now, racing needs Winks to be back. She needs yeah. to be back as soon as
1: possible because we need a positive story Definitely. Uh, in racing. Can't wait to see the Wonder Mare in action next week. Hopefully, she gets up too. All right, it's one of the best cards I've seen for a CFO. Fantastic
0: card. Absolutely fantastic card, this one. I'm I'm very excited for the weekend. Clearly,
1: it's got a lot to do with the fact that Last week, 45 runners were scratched on the Saturday or something ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and they've ended up having to have their run this week, which has flooded the fields at Caulfield. Uh, and we kick things off in the first. Uh, it's an 1,800-metre handicap. It's two clear
0: chances in the market here. Are they the way you're thinking? Yeah, I, I think it's a two-horse race, this race, between uh, Lumi In and, and Um There's a lot of stayers sort of starting their campaign. Um, so the likes of Amrella, Yogi, Self Sense, Montauk, um, although Amarala's trod very well on on its, uh, it's probably the most interesting runner out of anyone yeah. on the
1: day. We haven't seen Amarala for nearly eighteen months. Favorite for a Melbourne Cup,
0: I think it was um, after that Herbert Powell win. And it's a Yucatan like Herbert yeah, Powell, exactly. isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, so it would be interesting. It interesting to see how it comes back though. It probably wants further. It's probably aimed for more of an Australian Cup or something like that. But, it um, does,
1: but eighteen not out of its range if it's at its best. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, it's true. Not a superstar field. I mean. Silence and, and Lumia are in good form, but they're they're hardly of the class of what Amrala was back in that day yeah definitely uh no I, th- I think it's uh, it'd be interesting to see how uh Robbie Hickmont trains Amral. it's t- it is ten years old, I think that's another consideration we have to have
0: yeah yep. um what about yogi oh yogi's a great horse i ju- I think it's just going to get out further, and I think it's probably first up it's not going to be at its peak fitness yep. so um I'll, I'll give that a couple of runs before. You know, I, I started having it a, took bit a two serious. Took a two-mile at that.
1: Sandown, didn't it? it's probably going to need the two miles again.
0: Yeah. So I, I've actually got Luemian on top. Okay. Um, over Salens. Even though Salens beat Lua Mien, uh two starts back. But it's got a two-kilo swing. And um, I liked its last win there at Flemington. I, I think it's a progressive horse on the up. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Weir runners, or ex-Weir runners, should I say, run this weekend. So yep. um, in saying that, yeah, I've got Luemian on top just.
1: Yeah, I've I've got uh, Salens from Luemian and then... I'm rather purely on class, but I'd love to see it run and run well. Uh, Just on the Weir horses, are they good lay opportunities this week?
0: Oh, you could say that, definitely. I'd be interested to see what their program has been like during the week, if it's ever been interrupted or, you know, did they have... Miss timing with with any of their work or did they miss any work or, or recovery it would be interesting to see i'd highly unlikely that that they wouldn't because I think Darren 's got a pretty strict schedule and he was mm-hmm. business as usual as they, as I was saying so but yeah it'd be interesting to see how they cope
1: yeah it will be uh, the second race the Kevin Hayes over twelve hundred crack the code's been one of the most popular horses over the last few weeks uh, tops the market at two thirty outside of that there's horses like for two. Uh, and Tropazina that are getting a little bit of money, but uh, they are all coming for Crack the Code.
0: Yeah, look, I actually have a roughie here on top. I, I like for two at odds around $13 mark. Um, like you say, though, Crack the Code is, is a great chance, although she's been winning at 1100 I don't know about the 1200 she might She might be uh, may, maybe Sarah a little bit, but um, look, I, I like for two here. She was very uh, competitive against Fiesta mm-hmm. um, first up last start, who was a gum filly. Yep. Um, in the spring, and so I reckon she's a great chance there at 13. She's on top for you? Yeah, on top. Yep.
1: Yeah, okay. I've got Crack the Code on top, and I, I like two as well, uh, and Tropezina there as well. I think Tropezina's drifted to 15 bucks now, so... yeah, It's uh, juicy, odds. isn't it? When it lit up the track at Caulfield during the week. I think the money's just come so heavily for Crack the Code uh, that they're ignoring any of the other chances there. All right, the third race, uh, there's a star mare in this race. I am a star. Uh, she goes around first up. She tops the market at $3.30. Is that playable? Yeah. I think she's drifted, actually. I think she might be outside of four now, I think she's
0: just over fours. But, look, I've got her on top. Um, Like you say, she is the class mare. She's group one winning mare. So um, she likes Caulfield. I think she'll probably get to the front. She's got a good gate. And um, I think she's only carrying 59. So she's rated pretty well for this field. So, yeah, like I say, I've got her on top. I think she's a good bet. Is 1,200 and first up the only concern? No, not at all.
1: You're not concerned there? No, no,
0: no. I think she's uh first up over that distance will be will not be an issue yeah
1: like i i i think she can win over twelve hundred but I, being such a good miler and fourteen hundred meter horse yeah yep. yeah i don't know I, I she's the sort of she's good enough to bet at that price she's yeah, definitely she's far better than the other horses uh if she's in the middle of her preparation. I just have that concern first up um is there anything else there that would interest you in the race? Princess of um, Queen's there? Look, it's
0: going to be interesting to see how Furyk comes back. I know she had a little bit of an off-prep last, um, I think, in the spring. She just just didn't win or just didn't even come close to any races. So I'd like to see uh, how she's come back. She's trialled well, so mm-hmm. um, she's definitely got the class if she's in form. And Princess of Queen, she's the old... Uh, look, she's pretty consistent horse, mm-hmm. isn't she? So she's definitely a chance if she runs well, likes Caulfield's mm-hmm. home track.
1: Uh, coming off a fourth in the Australia Stakes as well. Uh, yeah, I'm a star on top for me, just purely on class as yep. well. yep. Oh, very good. Uh, on to the fourth, and there's a horse here in this Rubidon Stakes that is just standing out like no other, and he's a bit of a rock star. Can be a punter's nightmare as well, though. Yeah, Is he $1.50 correct for Nature strike? Look, I,
0: I wouldn't want it any lower, that's for sure. Um, it's a pretty good field, actually. But yeah, like like I say, I wouldn't want him any lower, but he's on top for me. He's probably one of the best short sprinting horses in Australia, if not the best, so... Um, on sheer class, look, he's he's got gate one on, um, so from that gate he, he should have ease of running and, and be hard to beat. I don't know
1: if I if I'd ever back a horse at a dollar fifty, but I won't back if, him. If he doesn't win on Saturday, then he goes down as one of the most overrated horses in history. <laughs>
0: look Look at that field. I mean, he,
1: yeah. he's a front runner. Uh, the small field should suit him. He shouldn't have any issues at Caulfield. He'll go to the front, and if he's any good, he'll just keep kicking to the line. Yep. Supposedly a, a course record smasher he is. Yep. He should be smashing this field. Voodoo Lad's a good horse. He's the only other horse in that mix that's anywhere near Group 1 quality. Yep. Uh, but even still, first up, I,
0: I wouldn't expect it to be uh challenging nature strip if he's as good as what they say. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, look, if he doesn't win, it will raise a few question marks because he's got such a hype about him as being this gun front-running sprinter over the shorter distance. And I think he's going to be targeted to the lightning. Um, but yeah, like you say, video lad, great horse, but he'll be at the back marker. Likes Caulfield I'll, if he's hitting the line well. Um, that's all you want to see. Chris
1: Waller would be nice and happy. He's landed uh, the Super. He's had quite a few ch- stable changes over the journey. Nature Strip. he's, yeah, he's had a fourth few? trainer. Now. Four. Yeah, yeah. yeah four. Oh, well, anyway, hopefully Chris Waller can get the best out of him because oh, I'm he's, sure he will. Uh, a Group One caliber horse in waiting we'd love to see yep. him reach his potential all right on to the blue diamond preludes uh you're a big fan of the two-year-olds you, you spruik your two two-year-old knowledge to me every <laughs> single day so i'm expecting big things here yeah uh the colton geldings race is i'm immortal a good thing at 270
0: uh he is a good thing but i don't know if i can bet him at uh, back him sorry at that at that price How's i think he's a good thing then Oh, I think there's a bit of value. A Good thing wins. <laughs> Look, he, he's definitely a chance. I, I just think there is actually a little bit of value in this race, and I think we've got a pretty good crop of two-year-olds um, coming through this Blue Diamond. So I've gone with Brazen Brando. Okay. Um, he was in that uh, I'm Immortal race. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't get the best of starts, and he had a little bit of traffic coming down the straight, and he hit the line very well. So... Mm-hmm. I think if he can make slight improvement off that run, um, if he's slightly better educated as well from the barriers, and if he can get a good start, I think it's $7. He's a great each-way bet.
1: Yeah, he'll enjoy that step up. I think I'm immortal so short here because it was a convincing preview win. Uh, And there hasn't been – it's a prelude. There's no no exposed form for a lot of horses here. Yeah, exactly. But the market is giving you good value on uh, expensive two-year-olds that have trialed well. Surely there's something there at odds. If it's going to get knocked over, you're going to get good value if you can pick the right one. Uh, Hawker Hurricane is one that stands out for me. Had that win on Ballarat Cup day. Yeah, Magic Millions, yep. Uh, Trialed superbly uh,
0: so far. Great chance.
1: Yeah, I think it's paying like 41s for the Blue Diamond as well. So yeah. um, if it happens to win here, it's going to shorten. There's another horse there uh, that hasn't had a start yet, Groot. Knocked over Bella Rosa in a trial and just just walked past her. Um, if you're going to back one of the debutants, I'd be I'd be taking her at 20 plus. Yeah,
0: definitely.
1: All right, no, nothing else? You got I'm Immortal on top?
0: No, I've got uh, Brazen Brandon on okay, top at uh, cool. value there at $7. Look, like I said, I reckon I'm Immortal's just, yeah. A little bit too short in the betting there, but yep. um, like I say, I, I think everyone's sort of leaning towards him because it was a, a good jump and run, get to the front, sort of strong two-year-old win, which they most likely always do.
1: I'm happy this race isn't in the quaddie, to be honest, because I think outside of I'm Immortal, it is a tough one to pick. Yep. Uh, the more hyped of the two preloads is the Phillies, uh, as it usually is. We we spoke about this off-air uh, they tend to get the attention when they're usually this got, age. Yeah,
0: usually got a little edge over the Colts in the two I year think, old seasons as as of late. They're just always a little bit of a deeper group. They always battle a little yep. bit deeper. There's
1: more chances in the mix. As we'll talk about here, there's uh, a handful of potential superstars in Catch Me, who tops the market oh, at I mean, 280. fantastic feel. Uh Brooklyn Hustler was that sensational win at Mooney Valley uh, a month or so ago. And then a theory as well, the Godolphin uh, star.
0: Yep. Which way are you leaning? I can't split the three of those horses. Like I think it's a three-horse race or, or those three fillies. Um, look, they're top of the echelon in the two-year-old, I think, crop at the moment. Mm-hmm. for Well, definitely for fillies. So I'm leaning towards a theory, actually. She uh, won well on debut and beat a horse called a session. Yeah, session yeah. Um, he's come out and won the, the English English Nursery, I think it was, and, and then he's won a, another two-year-old race since then by some four-and-a-half lengths. So I think that form reads pretty well. I think she's got some class. Um, and I think she's paying a little bit better odds than the other two, so I'm going to lean towards that. She's got a good gate. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke, Brooklyn Hustle is definitely a great chance. She does have the wider gate, although that didn't really matter last start. Doesn't really matter in two-year-old races. I don't think the the barriers is too much. Um, and Catch Me, she just she's just been flawless so far in each of her preps. So between those three, you could. Almost pretty much take a trifecta, I think.
1: They've all got a lot of wow factor about them, don't they? The yeah. way that they've won so far. I yeah. watched that Brooklyn Hustle replay about three times this morning, and I, I just couldn't believe it. Like Fantastic, I, I just, wasn't I it? I just kept watching. And I'm like, how on earth did that thing win from where it was? Yeah. But not only that, it knocked over a very good two year old, and yes, yes, yes. Like that, we're talking very high quality. Yeah, it definitely. Uh, he's one of the one of the main chasers for the uh, Magic Millions. Exactly. So, so oh, I don't know that that win. It's in itself was enough for me to say, right, you're on top. Yeah. Like, I just that's the, I like horses that tell, uh, screaming at me to back them. Yep. Uh, and I'm gonna be having a bet on Brooklyn Hustle this week because uh, if she's as, if she can back it up anywhere near what she did uh, at Mooney Valley, she's a superstar in waiting. Uh, and she's a blue diamond, big blue diamond. Great chance. race all the way. It should be. You've got Theory on top, and then the other two. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Theory,
0: catch me in Brooklyn Hustle for the Quaddy. Yeah, for me, right. that's race race Ooh. of the card.
1: Brooklyn Hustle, Theory, then catch me for me. But it's gonna be a cracker. I can't wait. Uh, we move on to the feature. No, we don't. That's no, It's race don't. eight. So uh, the Autumn Stakes, race seven. Uh, the favourite is Ring-A-Ding-Ding. He's one of your favourites as well. Uh, you've made a, a good amount of coin on him over the journey. Uh, is he a bettable horse
0: first up? Um, I just, I'm just i just going to go with him because I think he's got the class over these other runners. Um, he's got the score on the board. He's won the Group 2 Sandown Guineas. I love his turn of foot. And, um, yeah, for me, I just can't go by him. And like you say, I'll do do have a little bit of a soft spot for him. He's a tough one to read as well, ring a He hasn't been rated
1: that highly in his races. Yeah. Uh, so what do you make of that? But I tend <laughs> to not look at that because nah. of the style that he won and the way that he was blitzed past horses. Too many factors coming it, into it, that sort of thing. He, he blitzed uh, Seabrook, who I rate exceptionally high. Yeah. Uh, I've got him on top. I, th- I think he's I think he's the best horse in the race. And there's some other horses there that are probably keen for longer and, and won't be able to match him for speed in the straight. Declare's War goes to Kumani. Uh, from Darren Weir's table. That'd probably be the only other horse there, just purely on
0: progression. It's a progressive He's been racing well, hasn't he? Mm. Yeah, he's definitely a good chance. Um, Also, deal-maker. Don't leave this horse out. He he raced well last start in... um, up in Sydney there, he didn't probably get the best of running down the straight and, mm-hmm. and hit the line very well, so I'd like to see a good race out of him.
1: Dealmaker and Hawkshot, for me, are the, are the two dangers to Ring-a-Ding-Ding. Ding. Yep. Uh, I've got him on top from Dealmaker
0: and Hawkshot. Your three? Uh, I've got Ring-a-Ding-Ding, Dealmaker, and Social Spin. Don't leave him out of the okay. quarter. He, he's definitely a great chance. He's
1: got form through Longleaf, actually, yep. uh, who, who's, beat Longleaf who's
0: won, won recently as well. So Came out and won the cracker uh, three-year-old, so that's that's pretty good form for this race, so he's he's definitely in the top.
1: Oh, very good! Uh, all right, it is onto the feature now, and it's a, a cracking CF4 stake. So over fourteen hundred meters, uh, the first Group One of the autumn. It's an exciting time when we start talking about Group One it races, uh, and this field is certainly a field to get us excited. Uh, Kemantari leads the market at three dollars thirty. Uh, you look further down the line, you have got Whispering Brook at six fifty. Uh, Lander Plenty is around that mark as well, uh, and then they're all plus ten dollars chances from Dargento on. Is is it Kemantari's race to lose?
0: Uh yes, I think it is. Yeah, he's he's on top for me. Um, he's tried well. I like that the stables come back this prep and and sort of set him as a sprinter this time. They're not going to try and stretch him out of the sixteen hundred or get him to the two thousand. Yeah. Um, they're going to keep him fresh. He's got an electric turn of foot. Um, if he can get clear running, get a bit of luck, oh, I think he's going to be powering through the line.
1: He's always concerned me, Kemantari, because. He just teases you and he races well and in good races, but doesn't find the line first. He always
0: needs that extra 10 metres or
1: 20 metres, doesn't he? But I feel like a lot of these horses, this isn't their grand final. They're, they're in for long autumns. is the same. He's not going to finish after uh, tomorrow, but he, he, I think there's a, a sense within the stable and Cummings has got that uh, attitude as well that they want to have him just peaking tomorrow yep. for this race yep. because it's his, it's his best chance to win a group one. Yep. Uh, and I think he's going to go out there and do it. I think. Yeah, he's, definitely. I think he's the the class horse in the race, uh, and he's better than this field over fourteen hundred. If he gets the right run, that's the key. He needs a bit of luck. Yeah. But if he gets it, he'll win. Out uh, of out of outside of him, if he doesn't get that luck, where are you? Where are
0: your other chances? look well, Brace Mass is obviously a a decent chance as well, and probably one of the main dangers. He's got Group One. Um, Goot one for quality and form funnily he,
1: enough with Brave Smash he ran poorly in the Australia Stakes last year like yep. he
0: did this year yep. uh,
1: and then came out and ran third in the C4 last yeah. year so he, he's got the potential to bounce back
0: he's a little bit inconsistent Brave Smash but he, on his day he's definitely definitely a great chance 1400 metres Caulfield, um only suits him I think Whispering Brook, she's, she's in good form this mare, and we're, I'm going to chuck Redkirk Warrior in the quaddy. I know, I know they've just been sticking him to the straight um, and sprinting but Look, on the first run in Australia, he did beat um, a horse by the name of Stratum Star, and that was around a Bennett Sandown. So, look, he, he, can, if he can emulate that run, mm-hmm. um, and I think they're training him differently this prep because I think he's been trained for the All-Star Mile. So, look, he, he might he might show up at odds.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think he's a, a big chance outside of Kementari at pretty good odds too. Lander Plenty is the other one. Shortish in the market, and, and a good horse. Goes to the to stable now. Yep. Uh, can it win?
0: Uh, look, it can win. It's a group. It's group one is winner at the same. Is uh, no, it's not. Nah. No, I'm going to leave him out. Okay. I just want to see the horse taking it on. Yeah,
1: don't mind that. Uh is another horse that I really like, but uh, just hasn't trialed well uh, coming into work this year. And probably needs it's a further, shame I think, because I think, I think it could have run really well in this race after winning the Empire Rose last year.
0: Yeah, I think it needs a big track as well. I think it's mm. more suited to Flemington and, and Renwick. so one where it can sort of get yeah. the space and weave. Definitely,
1: yeah. Uh, okay, Kematari for me. It's one of the best of the day.
0: Yeah, no, Kematari as well.
1: I reckon there's another best bet of the day coming up in the last as well to finish off the quaddie. Uh, Avilius, another Godolphin star. $2.70. No, it's $2.20 in the book here. Uh, outside of that, you got Bring Me Roses, Night's Watch, Trap for Fools, all around that $5 to $10 mark. Is it Avilius' race, though? It's a shoe-in. Yeah. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> You're not oh, It's a shoo oh, I, I did happen I've, to say that on our way in too I've
0: called it It's a shoo-in
1: <laughs> I'm with you as well I think oh, I
0: can't see Avilius losing Sensational horse It's great horse um, Easily the class horse in this race And I think it will absolutely stitch the rest of the field up I Tell you what In the last race of the day if you've had an sh- absolute stinker... Get out.
1: It's the get, get out, stakes. You've got the Monopoly box out and you've got the get-out-of-jail-free card here. Straight to collect, mate. Go home. <laughs> oh. Couple of schooners. It would be a massive load-up to get out of jail, I reckon, on Avilius, because yep. it looks a good thing. Uh, and if you couldn't, if you couldn't back Avilius after having a shocking day, <laughs> you may as well finish <laughs> up, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah Avilius for me on top. Well, just interesting on this race, yes. Trap for Fools. We spoke about the weird stuff off the, to- off the top. Just want to get your thoughts. If if Trapped for Falls was to win this race on the weekend, what's the feeling going to be like at Caulfield when Jared McLean goes up there? And it's going to be awkward, isn't and it? Gets interviewed by Racing. It's going Goleman. to be
0: awkward. It's going to be. I'll be interested to see what the media ask him. That's for sure. Um, yeah, he, and see, he's going to have to he's front he's to, the media, is, isn't he? He, and he to, hasn't done that. No, he hasn't. Um, is he going to lay low, or is he going to be? Is he going to be on track? Really? He'll definitely be he's on track. Fa- he's got to face the media. Yes.
1: I don't. I don't think they will ask him anything. Allegations related, but it's just going to be interesting to see how he fronts up. And you're not, you're you not. I really, mean, that's
0: court. assuming he goes. I, yeah, I would assume can, he goes. He's, I'd assume he goes as well. It's probably his um, no, he's, he's stable's best horse, to be honest. So if it's running, I'd expect him to be down there on track. And look, the media's going to be all over him regardless, yeah, I think, if he's going to win or not.
1: If I wasn't lumping into Avilius, I would be hoping Trap for Fools wins just to see it all <laughs> unfold. Uh, but we don't want that to be the case no. because we'll be having our life savings on the Godolphin star. Jeez, they've uh, got a good
0: hand, this, this card, don't they? Good they dolphin. do.
1: They've got, oh, they've got a great stable at the minute. They're flying. James Cummings is
0: doing a fantastic job. The way he's going without yeah. stable is just incredible.
1: No, you're dead right. All right, we're moving to our uh, best bet value and play of the days. Uh, your best, Tobe. I think it's the same as me. Oh, I'm going to put up. the uh, the bank account on the moral of Yeah, we've just spoken about him. He's uh, Definitely the best bet. Looks a good thing in the last. We'll, we'll wait, and we'll wait all day if we have
0: to because he is a moneymaker there. Uh, your best value. Um, I've got to go in with, uh, for two <coughs> at $13. I think that's a great chance there in, that, in the Phillies' three-year-old race. So I've got her on top. Sneaky chance. Good each way bet. Yeah,
1: in the same race, uh, Tropezina there at 15 bucks, Uh Looks value to me. Hawker Hurricane as well in one of the preludes there is $10. And I think their value bet's... Uh, if you're inclined to go that way, your $100 strategy, Todd, we uh, we did this last season and we both managed to find our way into the green by the end of it. It did take you a little bit longer than usual to start turning profits, but we got there in the end. How are you going to kick off this campaign?
0: Uh, let's go 50 on the nose of Avilius um, and we'll go 15 each way on Brazen Brando. I think he's a great chance there in the uh, in the Colts and Geldings prelude and we'll go 10 each way on for two is my uh, best like um, roughie of the day. Simple, should win, I like it. Uh, I'm going to be
1: playing Brooklyn Hustle, $40 to win at 440, 10 each way on Tropezina at 15 and $3.80. And then I've got 30 bucks on Kemantari into Avilius at $9.45, and then a $10 multi on Brutally Honest to win. Uh, that's tonight at the Valley, by the way. Brooklyn Hustle to place, Whispering Book to place, Avilius <laughs> to win, and Nekobi to win over in Perth at 110 bucks. And if that gets up, Mate, that just sounds I don't like have to pick a winner for the <laughs> rest of the like, <laughs> <laughs> That just sounds like you've parlayed the whole card there. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, mate, I won't, be doing this that gets up, I won't be doing this podcast next week because I'll be uh, walking straight to the bank and I'll be retiring
0: <laughs> on that. Uh, very good. It was fun. Yeah. Tobe? No, it's good to be back. It's good to we, be back we, in this we, year. We, Hopefully we can have a great autumn.
1: We can put the bad news of racing behind us and yes. look forward to what's going to be a sensational week of racing uh, and, a, and a really good autumn carnival. I can't wait to do this more often over the over the next few months. Yep. See you next week. Cheers.